When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 64, Bubble Burst. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm joined as always by Jack Davies. Jack, how are we doing, sir? Uh, I'm I'm all right. Uh, not been the greatest week or so of performances for Chelsea. Uh, bad result yesterday, but we just got to pick our heads up and uh, go again Wednesday. Yeah, no, exactly. It wasn't a great week for Chelsea, unfortunately. You know, did scrape past Watford, albeit we didn't play very well, and we lost at West Ham yesterday. We contrived to lose as our bubble was burst. But yeah, it was, was not great. Jack Jack did win 2-0 over weekend in this, but he scored a banging free kick. You know, like, I'm sure, like, listeners would rather hit listen to Jack just regale about, you know, his brilliant free kick that he's just been telling me about before we started recording. Um, but we won't. We'll move on to the action. Jack, what for the midweek? Obviously, you and I were there. That was the first time I think we probably, like, sat together at an away game, been at an away game together probably since Arsenal in 2019. So it had been a while. Um, yeah. We weren't very good, were we? <laughs> no, no, we were we were pretty shocking to be honest. Um the first ten minutes as well. Um I know the circumstance of that break was not good at all and something you don't want to see, but in a way for the team at that moment in time it probably came at a good point because we they were they were on to us, but it didn't really seemingly improve after the after the thirty minute break or so, and us coming back after that. Um, it was just, yeah, it just wasn't a good game. One of those where we were probably lucky to come away with three points, but at the end of the day, we we got the job done, not playing well, and that was what you'd you'd like to think is a sign of of a team that can go on and challenge for the title. But but then you put in another poor performance yesterday and. And you, yeah, you, you you get punished when you when you make mistakes, basically. Yeah, well, let's start off with our goal. It's actually, you know, it is a really nice goal. 
Uh, it's Mason Mount, the one probably, you know, the one player who can probably hold his head, you know, hold his head high, you know, after this week, you know, where we've struggled. I uh, say it's, I think, you know, Alonso cuts it back to Kai, Kai squares it to Mason. He slots home, it's 1-0. And, you know, after not, you know, after a pretty ropey start where Mendy's had to make some saves, we're 1-0 up, Jack, and we're thinking, all right, we've got, we've got going now. This should be, this should end up being uh, fairly comfortable. But then obviously, um, their goal happens. And uh, Ruben's dispossessed in midfield, and geez, that was just so poor, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, you you can't be you can't be making mistakes like that in the in the centre of the park because making mistakes there as a centre midfielder or as a goalkeeper, as we've seen, you make mistakes in those kind of positions. It's normally curtains. So, um, yeah, not not a good one to concede from our point of view at all, and probably what 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 Watford deserves. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was wasn't the one well, wasn't the best game I've ever been to at all. Far from it, but it was still good atmosphere. I thought in the away end, it's always good to uh, see loads of people you know and and yeah, enjoy the moments together even when we haven't played well. Yeah, no, exactly. Obviously, that made it one one one, and you know, Watford probably you know were the better side, but again, from that game, literally two moments, two moments of brilliance was it won it for us, and again. You know, it's Mason Mount whips in across. And there it is, Hakim Ziyech, who we'd literally just been coating off for about the last two or three minutes from the away, calling him all sorts. And there he is, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant finish to, by the lab, wasn't it? Yeah, great, great strike. Got in, got himself in the right positions. And yeah, it was a good team goal, I thought. We built up built up uh, towards that goal really well. Um, good little flick on from, from Marcus and good cross from Mason to pick out Hakim's. Um, and as much as he's been been riled by people in the few weeks, his um, contributions recently have not been too bad at all. And as you've seen yesterday as well. So it's good for his confidence. Um, I know people were still uh, still uh, giving, <laughs> giving him a bit of a bollocking in the away end, even after the goal. But <laughs> still, still, yeah, still good for him to, to get on the score sheet and get us three massive points at that point. Yep, can confirm moments before Ziyech scored, I was calling him an effing donkey. And then there he was with an absolute great finish. So you're welcome, Chelsea fans, you're welcome. He heard me. Uh, let's talk about what I think was probably one of the biggest positives of the night, which was Kai Havertz. He yeah. was really good. Obviously, he got the assist. He did have a goal ruled out for offside because Pulisic just played it past a bit too late for him. But that was that, that was probably Kai Havertz's best performance in the Premier League, certainly for us this season. He just he so much energetic. He was, you know... Yeah. Just creating a lot of space. He was really, really good for us, wasn't he? Yeah, him and Mason were definitely the standout performers for me on on Wednesday night. Um, yeah, like you said, Nick, all over the place, and it's it's little things that I I saw in that game. I was speaking to some other people that stood around us during the game, and it's things like holding the ball up and putting his body in the right position, um, winning the ball back, being strong, and that's clearly something that he he's massively improved on or had to had to learn how to deal with over the last 18 months uh, in English football this time last season you'd see him 100% being pushed off the ball and there were a few good circumstances I saw where he's yeah just really shown a a growth in that in that uh like yeah like characteristic of his game and and how he's developed as a player and yeah I thought thought he was brilliant um just yeah great assist as well for Mason could easily have easily have knocked that in the back of the net himself probably but saw someone in a in a better position to to shoot and and just 
calmly slotted it to him to to finish it off. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance from him on on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, from you know perhaps the sublime will say to the absolute ridiculous, which was Saul. Uh, yeah, that was Bakayoko seventeen eighteen vibes at Watford. That was you know that was him trying to, to trying to rival that performance. You know he had to be put out of his misery and subbed off at half time. That's two starts in the Premier League. Twice he's been completely off the pace. Twice he's absolutely just been dominated in midfield. And you know twice you know and I guess he's we've kind of got away with it by playing him. But Saul, where do we go from here with him, man? Yeah, I think Thomas Tuchel uh, summed up pretty well in his. Uh... After match interview, pretty much echoing what you just said there. Um, yeah, it's it, at the end of the day, just not good enough to play in a Chelsea shirt. That's the harsh reality of it. Um, to play in that midfield, thought Ruben was poor as well that night. I know towards the end of the game, he he won a few good free kicks, like took the pressure off us, but he was poor, and it. it I think it showed a lot of fans that. I know he played, didn't play very well yesterday, but it showed a lot of fans what you miss when you don't have Jorginho in your team, uh, as well as obviously cover and the energy of Kante. Um, so yeah, not not great performance. Can see it, can see him potentially being sent back in January. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those. It yeah it was a gamble at the end of the day at least it was a loan and it's a gamble that unfortunately hasn't paid off but at least it's just a loan and we can send him back but at the same time you look at that and you think especially at the moment with the injuries where we're struggling in that position you can tell Jorginho has probably got a few knocks he's probably playing on painkillers or injections playing through the pain with cover and Kante sidelines and it just it just makes you think should we re- recall Billy Gilmore in January, should we recall Conor Gallagher in January? Because they would 100% do a better job than, than Sal. So we'll, we'll have to see what, what the club decide in January. But I think potentially, depending on the severity of the injuries to the other centre midfielders, it, it could be a potential option for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, you know, unfortunately, as obviously with Sal going off, he was subbed off half-time for Thiago Silva, who was just, again, you know, brilliant second half, calmed us down a lot, and it meant Trevor Chalabar went into midfield before he unfortunately got injured, you know, but however, hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't seem like it's too serious enough, and he will be back soon for games for Chelsea, but yeah, that was Watford, it was eventful, it was just a weird game of football, as I said, we were truly, truly appalling, that was probably, like, I was going to say, that's probably one of the worst games we've seen under us under Thomas Tuchel, um, and yeah, we we did get away with one there. I mean, and it was really poor considering Watford had a lot of players out injured as well. It wasn't a full show for Watford side, you know, they had injuries. You know, Ishmael Asar, probably one of their best players, was out injured. Ben Foster, their keeper, was out injured. Although I thought Backman was probably fairly good. You know, they did have a lot of injuries and to only scrape past them 2 1. And again, I know it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's easy to compare to how the teams did Liverpool, Blue, Watford, or a, a more full strength Watford side 5 0 in City yesterday. I mean, we crew, cruised past Watford. They had that game wrapped up so easily. There's been so much time and made it just look effortless. And I think that's unfortunately where, you know, Chelsea might be, might be just not quite at their levels just yet. But we will have to see. And we don't want to be too reactionary, obviously, after one game. But yeah, Watford was really poor. And it was another game where, me say, an error was punished. Obviously, United and a horrendous error was made the previous game. Uh, and then against Watford, Ruben just gets dispossessed and we concede a sl- appalling goal. Obviously, maybe a bit h- unlucky, but it does, I think, take a deflection off Rudiger, but still was just really, really poor. And that kind of moves us on to West Ham yesterday. Ugh. 
So this, this was uh, frustrating. Uh, again, I was there yesterday. For the first half, I will say we were very good. We were in control of that game. West Ham didn't really offer us anything. We scored, you know, a nice goal from a corner. Uh, there's, you know, we score a lot of goals from set pieces this season. There's Thiago Silva rising up, brilliant header, 1-0. We're in control, you know, West Ham hadn't really threatened much. And then Jack, just like, ugh, errors. We're making errors. We're making really stupid errors. Like Jorginho passed to Mendy. Obviously, you know, I don't, you know, it's easy to, I think, Pofa probably to blame for that. I know, I think Jorginho probably, is it, is it a bit of a hospital pass maybe? And then, I mean, Mendy still should clear it out and kick it out, but it seemed a bit, both, yeah. both parties seemed a bit responsible there. I mean, yeah, it's it's a really poor back pass, leaving him a little bit short. But at the same time, when I was watching that in the changing room before my game, I'm not going to batter him too much because the amount of times Mendy has kept us in games over the last 18 months has just been ridiculous. I think back to that Brentford game earlier in the season where we won 1-0 and they they should have beaten us, to be honest with you. Um, but Jorginho's played him a terrible pass, I agree, but Mendy has about three opportunities to get rid of it. He could get rid of it as it's coming towards him with his first touch. He takes a touch could get rid of it, takes another touch. And then by the time that that he's done that, Bowen's come across him and then he just like throws out a gangly leg and, and it's too late by then. So, yeah, both to blame. But personally, I'd say Mendy's slightly more to blame there because he had opportunities to to put the ball in Rosette or just put anywhere, basically. <laughs> yeah, oh no, without doubt, without doubt. Obviously, Jorginho doesn't like put him in the best position, but Mendy still definitely does have time to... To clear it. And unfortunately, when we're talking about Edouard Mendy, that is probably that is the second time in a matter of weeks, but you know, in a couple of weeks, but he has been suspect with his distribution. Obviously, against Manchester United, he very could easily have, you know, given away a goal to Fred at the end of that game as well. And, you know, maybe, and Thomas Tuchel did kind of allude to it, but it, for whatever reason, Mendy's confidence just seems to have been like knocked a little bit in recent weeks. Don't know what that is, because obviously, again, Watford, he was very good, I thought. So it was interesting to hear Tuchel say that. Obviously, I guess maybe. We don't quite know, but say it was 1-1 and that was really frustrating because we've been in the box seat. But then we were 2-1 up. And this is what really annoys me because we scored a really good goal, but no one's going to remember that goal. No one's going to remember that goal because we lost. But Hakim Ziyech gets, gets it, pings it out to Mason, and it's Robin Van Persie-esque where he just is calmly whack, you know, slots it into the bottom corner. And we're 2-1 up. Happy days. We're looking good. Jack, I mean, obviously, you know, is the, the goal is pretty much meaningless now, which is a great change because it's a brilliant goal and it's one of Mason's best goals he scored so let's just have a bit of praise for that goal obviously a great ball from Ziyech and then the finish from Mason Mount Poor. yeah pinpoint pinpoint ball from Ziyech that that's what we signed him for, for passes like that we saw saw that countless times in the uh in that season with Ajax in the in the Champions League uh great great pass and yeah the technique is just absolutely brilliant he, most people go with your laces there and he's he's opened up his foot, gone with his insteps inside of his boot and and put it in Fabianski's near post. And yeah, he's given it a little bit to the West Ham fans, which are which I love seeing at that point. And when you go when we've gone two one up um in recent well, in since Tuchel took over, you think we don't concede very many goals. That should be that should put us in the driving seat and that should be that. That should be us should be home and dry based on based on how many goals we've conceded but yeah then it all just yeah went to pot in the second half 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, with that goal from Mason Mount, you know, that was his fifth Premier League goal of the season already. And he has to go with four assists. And we talk about Mason, we've spoken a lot on this podcast about him not being at the levels he was, you know, last season. But last season was six goals and five assists from Mason Mount. So in terms of the goals and assists numbers, he is well on his way to absolutely smashing past those this season, which is what we do really like to see. Obviously, you know, there are more to just football than just judging of goals and assists than anyone who watched us last season just knows how good Mason Mount was. And this year's not quite been at those levels, but it kind of is very telling that Mason's not been at those levels. And the high stands we expect, and he's nearly, and he's still got really good numbers. I can't remember, so I think he's averaging a goal and assist, you know, the scary, scary amount of two minutes played. So that is really, really exciting. But as I said, we were two and up. And we're thinking, right, happy days. This is looking fairly good. Obviously, Kai Havertz was a big loss at halftime. I think that I think that probably is the turning point in this game, unfortunately, because we the first half we were creating a lot of chances. Our movement was really good. We did look threatening. We lost Kai, unfortunately, due to injury. And then Romelu Lukaku came on, and look, we'll get into Rom in the second half because he was basically non-existent in that game. But that certainly affected us. But their equalising goal, again, it's just poor defending. It's just really yeah. poor defending. And then Bowen take a shot, and it sort of goes through Christensen. And at the time, I thought Mendy should save it. I think an informed Mendy probably, uh, who hasn't made that error in the first half, probably does actually save it, to be honest, given form he's in. But we'll give him benefit of the doubt for that one. But it's, Jack, is just really frustrating because, again, it's just such an, it's a poor goal to concede and it's not the type of goal we concede under Thomas Tuchel. I mean, before Watford in midweek, we hadn't conceded an open play goal away from home in the Premier League. Yeah, that just sums it up, doesn't it? And then you have three in, three in 90 minutes. Um yeah, it's just it was just painful one. Yeah, another 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 poor goal defensively. Someone like Alonso should be goal side of his man. He then wins it, knocks it into the path of Bowen, and take nothing away from the finish from from Bowen. It's a great strike, but um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Nick. Uh, Mendy, without making the mistake in the first half, probably would save it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't lay the blame on on him for that goal. No, exactly. Chelsea should have done better to prevent that. But anyway, it was two all. Tuchel has made Tuchel then makes you know three subs. Um, let's say obviously Lukaku came on for Havertz at half time. Ziyech went off for Kalamudson Adoy, and then obviously Pu- uh, was it Ziyech went off for Pulisic and Kalamudson Adoy came on for Alonso. And it's fair to say that all three of them absolutely stunk the joint out. Unfortunately, that none of those subs worked. None of them did anything. I mean, Lukaku was just static up front. There was no real movement. There was nothing. He couldn't even hold the ball up. It was really frustrating. Callum Hudson and Christian Pulisic, like Callum just wouldn't take on a man. And it seemed that both of them just like, I mean, Pulisic just forgot how to play football. He was genuinely horrendous yesterday. He was annoying me so much. But like none of them, they just, all they seemed to do, they went for the cutback, but every single time it got intercepted, there was like every time we were on an attack, we put a cross in, no, it reaches a West Ham defender. It was just frustrating. It was really some just clueless attacking play from us, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we just never really looked like, unfortunately, we'd score, you know, a third goal, which was annoying because we shouldn't have needed to score a third goal really to win that game, but it was poor from us. Um, the third goal comes and, oh, Jack, that, that was kind of just like soul-destroying at that point. That was, at that point, you know, the game's done. Mm. Masuaku whips a cross in, like whips of whatever it is in. I think it takes maybe a slight deflection. But again, I feel Mendy should do better with that. I, like, I know maybe he's slightly wrong fit, but I feel he's got to do better. He gets quite a big hand on it as well. I feel like that's got to be prevented. Yeah, I mean, that goal just just summed it up at the end of the day, just rubbed salt into 
into our wounds. Um, just so jammy. Uh, he's clearly gone to gone to cross the ball, and you just see it on the TV arrowing into the into the near post. Yeah, Mendy probably could do better, but it's just one of those where you're not expecting that to happen whatsoever. Maybe his positioning could be slightly better. I'm not a goalkeeping expert, but. Um, yeah, like you said as well, with the hand, we've got a hand to it, maybe keep it out, but it's just one of those freak, freak instants, freak goals. Um, and yeah, just t- topped off a, a poor day for us. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, this Chelsea team that had been basically outperforming their expected goals against for a while now and has been, you know, really defensively solid, is starting to lead goals under Thomas Tuchel, unfortunately. Obviously, that's now, that was four goals conceded this week. Uh, and the manner of some of those goals as well was really disappointing. The amount of errors this team is making in recent weeks, and you look at it, you know, not to be, you know, too alarmist, because, I mean, it is easy to be alarmist. And look, for context, Liverpool went to West Ham this season in the Premier League and lost 3-2. West Ham have knocked Manchester City and Manchester United out of the Carabao Cup, and United were very jammy to actually get a win there in the league. Um, you know, West Ham only lost 2-1 to Man City the other week. So West Ham are a good team. Let's not, you know, not, not play them down. They are a good team. They've got some cracking players. Declan Rice in that second half was brilliant for them. He was really, really good. But I think it was the manner of that defeat, which is probably the more alarming thing and worrying thing for Chelsea is the fact that the errors we made, it wasn't like we were, I didn't think West Ham like were amazing yesterday. They were good. They played well. You know, did they do enough to win? That's arguable. We should never have lost that game. We made stupid errors and we got punished. And unfortunately for Chelsea, looking at the form table, that's eight points from our last five games now in the league. We've slipped up in three, you know, that's we've slipped up in three of our last five games. And for a team that's been wanting to go for a title, you can't really afford to do that in this league when you've got teams like City and you've got Liverpool. And look, if we'd not dropped points home to Burnley in the way we did, despite what I say on the other pod on the time I said we actually played really well, and Man United, which was just frustrating. But when you've dropped those points against Burnley and Man United, it means there's a lot less margin for error against West Ham. And when that happens and the manner of that defeat happens, it just makes that feel so much worse. Those Burnley and Man United games really do, I guess, compound that feeling of, Ah, maybe, maybe we're not quite, we're not quite there yet because maybe there's some slight warning signs that okay, this team is is struggling, and it's like it seems really obvious to say, Jack, but since Mark, since Ben Chilwell's gone out, we just look such an ordinary team, and I don't want to use this, you know, to to bash Marcus Alonso because I know he's not, he's been a good player for Chelsea, we know his limitations, but you look at the games, you know, Chilwell's not played in. We get, you know, a draw against Man United, which, which we did probably enough to win, but we weren't amazing. We get a win against Watford where we really weren't great. We were a bit lucky to get that. And we get a loss against West Ham where we, you know, maybe we're unfortunate. We can't really blame ourselves too much and feel too sorry for ourselves. And we just look so, we just look so different. I think with Marcus Alonso, it's just one of those things he gets the ball, he gets past the ball, he takes a touch and passes backwards or sideways. There's very little forward momentum just how big a loss is Ben Chilwell to this team? And are you act- and I know it's a small sample size, but are you actually maybe getting worried that Ben Chilwell is going to be a bigger loss than maybe we felt at the time and Chelsea are actually really going to struggle to keep pace in this title challenge without him? Mm, yeah, it's 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 quite remarkable to be honest, the to think how much of a big impact a, a wing back can have and how different you can look for not from not having a fullback uh in your team. Um I think we've got problems elsewhere and like centre mid with injuries, etc. But yeah, it's, it's it's been a massive miss. You miss the the athleticism of of Ben Chilwell, someone who can get up and down the pitch, tracking back, 
someone who's defensively resolute. Uh, Marcus Alonso has always been a bit of a liability there. Um, and and yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be a massive miss for us. I think we've we've just got to hope best case scenario after those six weeks that the medical team look at him and and say he doesn't need to have an operation and it's not as bad as we first thought. Um, but as we know, with any kind of knee ACL injury, um, they take a lot long time to come back from and work up your fitness. So yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a struggle at the end of the day. I said that when the injury happened. Um, it's going to be painful watching Alonso play every single week because I think he's a good player. He's done well for Chelsea over the years, but he's he, he can't play week in, week out. He hasn't got that that same athleticism as someone like Ben Chilwell. So it's another one where, I, like I said, we'd look at after the six weeks with Chile's situation, but it's something that we might need to look at in January, whether you're recalling an Emerson or an Ian Matson, or if we're going into the transfer market for someone else as well. Um, because having one left back at the moment could severely, severely damage us over this, over this four week period where we've got however many games it is in the next four weeks. Is it eight Premier League games, something like that, I think. So it is a worry, but, um, yeah, I'm sure Tuchel and will have had conversations with the board about this already, etc. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know the other alternative is is sell left wing back. So ooh, can't, I suppose he can't be any worse than he has been in central midfield. So you know, I guess that we'll, we'll, we'll cling on to that that Sal could maybe do a job at left wing back. The irony, obviously, being that he left Atletico Madrid because he didn't like being a left wing back. Uh, and now that might be the only way he can have any sort of career at Chelsea. Uh, yeah, Saul, whoosh, he's catching strays, even though he didn't play against West Ham. Unlucky. Um, but we'll speak positive. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, we were critical of him against Watford. He was brilliant yesterday in midfield. He was brilliant. That was more like it. He got the ball. He was driving with it. You know, he's releasing it better. That was a lot better to see from Ruben. As I say, he stood out. And I'm, I guess it was just unfortunate for him that, you know, he shone, but Jorginho, who was next to him, just struggled a little bit. And then the, the midfield just wasn't quite working how we'd have liked. But Ruben, I thought, was really, really good. He helped us. You know, he did help us actually, I guess, have a lot of the ball, you know, be able to try and, like, make our attacks last longer, even if we ended up doing, like, nothing with them. But well, I guess that was nice to see Ruben was actually a lot a lot better yesterday. Yeah, I think that's that was what he really struggled with on Wednesday at Watford was it just didn't release the ball quick enough. Um and got caught on it too many times. What we like to see the best from him, just picking up the ball in those tight spaces where he's got a lot of pressure on him and turning people and getting us on the attack uh, and playing those passes right. Um, played the pass to Ziyech, didn't he, for the goal, I think. So I know that's all down to Ziyech, a great pass. But yeah, things like that. Um, we know his strengths and and that, that was great from him yesterday to bounce back. Bounce back from the performance against Watford because that must have been hard for him for him to take off the game. I know, sort of had a get out of jail free that we won the game in the end, but it's, I'm sure he still had a lot of uh, a lot of messages from people not happy with with his performance on the day. So great for him to bounce back. Yeah, exactly. After you know a couple of shaky performances against Manchester United, he, well, I didn't think he's very good there either. So yeah, to put him up performance against West Ham yesterday was, you know, a comfort. And as I say, there were some positives to take from yesterday. Like I said, I actually thought we played better against West Ham than we did against Watford. It's just against West Ham, we made more errors and we were punished because we were playing a lot better side than Watford. That's just simply what happens when you play football, you can't make errors. 
uh, and this team, unfortunately, at the moment, due to probably due to injury, injuries plays a part. There is less quality on the pitch than you know we'd like at the moment, I guess, in terms of first team. Maybe our depth isn't quite as good as many people thought. You know, it's, we'll have to see. But yeah, errors are ultimately what is, what is costing this team at the moment, and it's hurting us because you know, say we are paying the price because eight points from our last five games is not is not good enough for a team that wants to wants to be going on to to win a Premier League title. But we'll see. You know, this feels like a big period now coming up for Chelsea. Jack, obviously, we go midweek Zenit. You know, the game doesn't mean a huge amount because we've already qualified, but at the same time, it's important for us to get some confidence back because it's you know we do also want to win this Champions League group because it means we avoid Bayern Munich. Um, but also, I guess that chance to me, it gives a chance for someone like Romelu Lukaku to get more minutes in him and hopefully yeah. actually put in performance. Because I said, I haven't really touched on his performance against West Ham, but he, was, he wasn't very good. And yeah, he didn't get much service. But he also, I don't think he was, I thought he was pretty static yesterday. He was basically a lamppost up front. And that is not what you want to see from your 190, 100 million pound striker. So he needs to do more. And hopefully Zenit midweek, you know, will be a chance for him to, to get back firing. But obviously, Jack, we've got, you know, before Chris Bevan got... Um, Leeds and Everton, and realistically now, there's no margin for error, is there? Those have got to be two two wins, and ideally two wins with some good performances if, we, if we're if seriously wanting, you know, title aspirations. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, midweek. Midweek's massive. I know we've qualified already, but you've seen what's happened under previous regimes over the years at Chelsea. You lose two in a row, and people are on to you, media are on to you, people will be saying things about our performance and and how we've completely fallen off, basically. So it's really, really important that I, well, I think it's really important that we, we go to Zenit and we, we put in a big performance and and get the win, and uh, like as well with what you said, we want to finish top of the, top of the group, um, and avoid some of the big guns. So, I yeah, I honestly can't stress how important midweek is just for the finishing top of the group, but also for the confidence. Uh, yeah, just to bounce back and and get ourselves back on the road to where we want to be. Um, so that's really important. And then Everton and Leeds, yeah, massive, massive games. Two teams that I think have been struggling massively this season. Um, yeah. Leeds got a late equaliser today, um, but yeah, they've they've both been struggling. And yeah, no margin for error really at all. We need to get six points from that two clean sheets, hopefully, and and score a few goals. Take yeah. that into Villa on Boxing Day. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, obviously, before that, there is the Brentford Carabao Cup tie, but, you know, I'd imagine we'll probably see a B team out of that one too, who has tended to rotate along the Carabao Cup. But yeah, it's a big, big, big month. I've said December is always a pretty defining month for Chelsea. December is a month where, unfortunately, it does tend to go wrong. You know, just look back at what happened under Frank last season. That's kind of where it did all start to, start to unravel. And ironically, you know, a couple of those defeats were against Everton and Wolves. Um, who we have got obviously coming up in the, in this month. So hopefully history doesn't repeat itself here. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, December is, is a crunch time for Chelsea. It's, it's a time we don't like playing. Like, can we just skip the month of December? Um, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see. It's, you know, one win, one loss at the start of December. I guess it's not all not doom and gloom, but say the performances are probably the more alarming factor of what has been going on. But yeah, Chelsea, I've got to put things right. Hopefully they will midweek. You know, it's a transfer statement. Obviously, I guess for injuries haven't helped. Kyle will probably be out midweek. Um, you know, we've got to hope that Alonso was talking about back pain. Tuka said back pain for Alonso. So that'll be interesting to see. I say that might mean Sal at left wing back. Then we will have to see. But it will be it'll be interesting to see what team we go with. But yeah, it, it's never dull with Chelsea. Uh December could be quite an entertaining month, maybe not for the right reasons. Um, but we will have to see. And obviously, you can uh, make sure that you 
listen to it and cover it all here with us on that Chelsea pod. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's pod. I want to thank Jack, as always, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, as for us, we are on Instagram at that Chelsea pod, on Twitter at that Chelsea pod. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just download it, play it from your car, play it to your nan, play it to whoever will listen to two lads talk about Chelsea uh, and, you know, winning and losing games of football. That's basically what we're here for. Uh, you know, if you're on Twitter, when we tweet it out, like, retweet, etc., always goes a long way, helps us out a lot. And uh, yeah, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.